Well, I've got to say something light before we tackle that gospel because there will be nothing light after what I'm going to say. Many years ago when I was in college, I got to hear Ken Miedema, who uh, wrote some of the words that you, the choir sang. I got to hear him in concert. And uh, one of the things that I would say about Ken Miedema, uh, for being an amazing musician that he is, uh, uh, he's blind. He stood in front of us for, I don't know, a couple of hours with his keyboard. And obviously no music, because it's all in his head. And at one point during the concert, he, he stopped and he just started listening to stories of people that were gathered at this concert. And then he would impromptu write a song about whatever it was that these people were telling him, the stories, the prayer concerns, the scripture, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, so whenever I hear Ken Miedema, I remember, I remember so well that concert uh, that I got to attend so many years ago. Now, take a deep breath. Let's talk about this gospel. We're still continuing on in, in the Sermon on the Mount. We're continuing on with Jesus' words. It was just last week we got the good news that y'all are salt and y'all are light. But what comes next feels not only a little bit harsh, but may leave us wondering as well. You see, ever since Moses brought those tablets down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments written on them, people, meaning all, all of us, people have been trying to figure out what are the loopholes. How do we get around the rules that God has placed before us? How do we get away with the things we want to get away with without being held accountable by God? Now, if you've ever thought that way, and I hope you have, because I think we all have, uh, we should also see very quickly how flawed that thinking is, right? God who sees all knows all, somehow we're going to hide something from God. God who can hear the still small voice of our prayer and knows the things that we need before we even ask that somehow we're going to hide from God all the things on our heart. So Jesus is speaking specifically to these people who have gathered around him. And he's speaking about the way the world should be ordered. If it was up to Jesus, this is how everybody would live. He just got done telling us in last week's gospel, for I, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you already think you're better than the scribes and Pharisees, let me tell you how you're not. And so Jesus begins to speak today. Now what I would love to tell you is that all of the things prescribed in today's gospel are easy. That they're our first movement forward when we need to move forward. But the truth is we struggle, we all struggle, with many of these. There are, there are moments in the midst of which uh, Jesus has to say that Jesus is speaking in hyperbole. 
meaning he's speaking kind of outside the realm of what you really should do in order to get your attention. Moms have done that. Maybe sometimes, sometime in your life got yelled at by your mom and she used a little bit of hyperbole. Sometimes she meant it. Sometimes it was hyperbole, right? <laughs> we all have had those moments. But what Jesus is not meaning to do in the midst of this gospel is just trying to make us feel guilty for all the ways that we fall short. Because we're all guilty and we all have fallen short. But what Jesus is trying to do is to shore up some of those loopholes that we would all like to create. And if you're anything like me, the loophole I want to create makes me innocent and puts somebody else in the seat of blame. I mean, after all, it's got to be somebody's fault, so why not somebody else's? But Jesus wants to close down the loopholes of our relationships, the loopholes of the ways that we look at the Ten Commandments the loopholes that we want to create so that we can somehow justify ourselves apart from what God has first done for us. And so I want to tell you that these words are hard to hear, they're hard to speak, they're hard to figure out how do we move forward through them. You see, I think what Jesus is doing in these verses is setting for us an ideal. An ideal of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. An ideal for how it could be that we live as people in the world. An ideal for each and every one of us to strive for. At least it feels that way when we first hear it. But I've got some good news for you, some good news that's not found in these verses. There's more to Matthew's gospel that's going to come. And we're going to get plenty of opportunities in Matthew's gospel to see how the disciples, how those who follow Jesus, who that, those who follow closely to Jesus will fail him time and time again. You see, we will all sin and we will all fall short of God's glory. But that doesn't mean that Jesus still can't tell us where the standard lies. That Jesus can't tell us where if everything were perfect, if everything were right, this is how we would live in the world. And so I'm always reminded reminded in the midst of hearing these scriptures and what I want to remind you as well if any of these portions of this scripture spoke directly into your life into a way that you want to crawl under your pew right now what I want to say to you is that every one of us here should want to crawl under our pew right now that no one sin is greater than another that no one thing that Jesus speaks holds any one of us more accountable than another. That we all stand under that condemnation. 
And so how do we hear these words? We hear these words from a God who loves us. We hear these words from a God who loves us so much that God wants to set for us the parameters by which we are to live in community, in relationship with one another. A God that loves us so much that God wants to state to us ways that in the past we might have tried to get around the rules. But now God's saying you can't get around that way anymore. But I think what God is also trying to say to each one of us is that if you have a moment, if you have a minute or two, or you feel like you got this all under control and you don't have a need for God, you, you might want to look over your shoulder. You might want to check again. Because these words should drive us to our Redeemer. These words should drive us to that confession that we made as we started service. The scripture should drive us to the table where we receive that forgiveness of sins through the body and blood of Christ Jesus. These scriptures should point us right to the cross because without the cross, we are all standing short of God's glory. Without Jesus, we all fall short. And so we need to hear these words and to know the price that has been paid for them, for us. And I want to tie this gospel reading this morning into the reading from 1 Corinthians. And I want you to hear the important words that Paul speaks here. Paul recognizes in the midst of everything that is going on in this Corinthian community that there are some who want to cling to Apollos, some who want to cling to him. And what he says to both of them is there's only one you should be clinging to. He told us last week, right? All I've ever preached is Christ and him crucified. But in this morning, in this moment, using another image, he says to us, there's only one you should cling to. There's only one that gives the growth. It's not the human who's doing their job, but God. The God who loves us so much. God who wants for us the best of things. It is God. God alone who gives the growth. The rest of us are just doing what we're supposed to do along the way, if we're doing that much. But God, God present with each one of us, God present in the moments of our lives, God present with us when we are struggling, God gives the growth among us. And let's just unpack the word growth for a minute. We live in America, so growth means wealth. Prosperity means numbers, means whatever you want it to mean. I don't think that's the growth God's talking about. I think God's talking about growing in our relationship with the one who gives us life. 
growing in our relationship with the one who calls us out of darkness into light, growing in relationship with the one who we are to follow. And so those final words from 1 Corinthians today need to ring in our ears. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. But do not forget, it is God who causes the growth in each of us. But it's also God who wants us to continue to grow together. Amen. Thank you.